to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fulick. And welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fulick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to resiliency, business continuity, emergency response, crisis management, and anything that can be relatable to those topics. Speaking of topics, if there is something specific you'd like us to talk about on the show, please feel free, send me an email. If you go to the webpage for the show on the voiceamerica.com website, there is a button underneath the graphic that says send host an email and uh, you can ask, you know, can you get someone to talk about a specific topic or even you can come on the show and talk about, uh, you know, what it is you want to convey. I do get all emails and I do respond to all. Also, if there is any advertising you want to come on the show or advertise your product or service, please feel free. Get in touch with me. We do have opportunities for that. And uh, you can do that the same way. Send me an email, uh, the same button, same email. And I'd like to confirm that we will be attending. We'll probably be doing a live broadcast on the Monday, September 30th, at the Phoenix DRJ conference uh, this fall, September 29th to October 2nd. I believe we're going to, going to be doing another uh, audio broadcast on the Monday, September 30th. And we're even going to see about uh, seeing if we can film it and stream uh, live audio and film. So stay tuned for that. Really looking forward to uh, being able to do that again and uh, join everyone in Phoenix. Longtime listeners, you will know that I uh, was attending a conference here in Toronto, the second annual Continuity and Resilience Today conference, or CRT, as I'll refer to it uh, going forward. Uh, the CRT conference here in Toronto. It was uh, held the last week here in May, uh, May 29th and 30th, uh, under, uh, for the most part, rainy skies, which was no surprise here in uh, Toronto lately. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, just like last year, there was a lot of interesting speakers and uh, different topics uh, being presented. Uh, there were a couple of key themes to this year's conference, uh, climate change, uh, organizational resiliency, which seems to be a theme at uh, any conference and any magazine and any uh, industry website right now, uh, organizational resiliency, which is interesting because uh, I know they talk about integrating BCM or DR with information security or your cyber group and your health and safety and your risk management and Really, I've been talking about that uh, since you know, 2000, 2001, um, and I've even been a previous member of health and safety committees uh, at my last full-time employer. I've been self-employed for uh, 11, 12 years now, but uh, I joined those specifically because I, I could see the link, and I worked uh, at, still in business continuity, but it was a single-team information security and business continuity, so I got to understand what was happening in that group. You know, I'm not an infosec, uh, not by any means, but, uh, or, you know, super knowledgeable, but I understand some of the basics and, you know, the responses and things like that. And I could see connections there as well. So, um, and the facilities team, uh, you know, connection there as well, because they're responsible for evacuating the building and everything. And we know in our business continuity management plans we're supposed to have evacuation plans and communication when you get to your assembly locations and who's responsible to do what and how you check in to make sure everybody is accounted for you know uh, i i saw these links years ago so it's it's kind of good to to see that you know it's finally uh catching up so to speak uh, uh, I guess, in a way, I'm tooting my own horn here, you know, not necessarily one catching up to what I was thinking, but it's nice to know I was uh, trying to think ahead of the curve of what's happening now, you know, and uh, it's now becoming fruitful and everyone is, is talking about it. 
So that was the second theme, organizational resiliency. And the third one that seemed to crop up a lot was cyber threats, you know, um, which used to be called information security threats, um, but now it's uh, cyber threats. Um, and that one has become a lot more uh, relevant in today's business world because, uh, you know, some people, even if you watch uh, news stations and uh, even movies and read articles in newspapers or online, they're saying that, uh, you know, for the most part, the, any next big war, you know, and fingers crossed there isn't one uh, anywhere, uh, but next big war, a big part of it, if not all of it, will be fought through cyber, you know, um, and we know from investigations going on in more than one place around the globe, so I'm not pointing a finger any, at any particular place, there have been, you know, instances where other entities have um, spread, uh, shall we say, false news. Uh, I'm not going to use that other term that people use, but false news or try to bend the truth, you know, to change the way people think and behave and act. Uh, you know, and, you know, there are still what uh, seem to have disappeared for quite a while, you know, corporate espionage coming back to into the fray. Uh, for a long time, uh, it seemed as though, uh, you know, corporate espionage was not really a problem. But with more and more social media and more and more uh, social media presence for organizations and communities, you know, there are hackers out there that are trying to get people's information, you know, and um, even if they're not trying to ob obtain any specific information, they're trying to change the way you're thinking and what you see and believe. So cyber threats have become a lot uh, more um, impactful lately in a different way these days, you know, and that includes things like ransomware, you know, we've got your files, pay us this money, you pay the money and then you run away, you know, they run away. So... So, you know, those were the three key themes at the conference. There were quite a few speakers to uh, talk about all three. Um, and I'll just give a little talk about the venue for anyone who might be thinking about joining the conference next year or potentially submitting a topic for next year. I, obviously, I don't know what the theme is going to be yet. Um, it's a, I think it's a little early, um, though I do know from speaking with a couple of the organizers uh, right after the conference ended, they'd already be doing a follow-up sessions and starting the planning for next year. So I know the planning has started, but I don't know what the uh, themes are going to be yet. The venue was held at the same uh, place as last year, uh, the Sheraton Centre in downtown Toronto. Um, a very large place, and it was interesting this year. Uh, I, I think some of the organizers may have been a little... Um, put off, uh, I, that may be too strong, but uh, put off because the conference got split into two locations within the Sheraton Centre. Um, there was another very large conference, a, uh, a large union conference there that took up quite a, uh, a bit of room in the hotel. So we ended up being split. Um, the big main hall where the keynote speakers were and you know um, where the food was served and where the exhibitors uh, were located uh, was in one section and then you actually had to go up two floors and down one um, to another side of the hotel to access some of the smaller presentation rooms to see the uh, working sessions and you know the the other um, presentations that were going on and meet the other speakers so it was unlike last year where we we're all in one area we got split up a little bit it was still nice, though, with uh, the food being in the uh, same location with exhibitors because it gave the opportunity for people to to get to their food, had to go by the booths. So I think that was probably uh, a bonus for many exhibitors, you know, that they got to uh, have more traffic, you know, and I hope that was a benefit for all of them. And the exhibitors, uh, sorry, the uh, keynote speakers, uh, just like last year, had a nice big room. Uh, to talk in, uh, which was great, and I'll get to some of those um, in a moment or two. Uh, so it was interesting to have uh, both areas split up. Uh, I did get a room all to myself, uh, believe it or not, a big meeting room uh, that was reserved for the full conference, but was actually only used for one hour 
and I believe that was for the Business Continuity Institute Canada uh, general meeting. I believe that's what it was, um, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, but in that room, I got to use it for most of the time for the show, where I interviewed uh, several people. I think it was six or seven uh, speakers from the conference uh, in that room, which was nice because we weren't interrupted. You're going to hear these speakers over the next several months uh, we, because I have the, a deal with the organizers, uh, Dan Joyce, who I still wasn't able to get on tape uh, this year, um, but we'll try next year. Third time is charm, right? Uh, so I have an agreement with him to have a uh, show air every month uh, based on uh, the speakers that I interviewed. So I've I think I've got enough uh, almost to take us to next year's show. Unlike last year, a lot of the speakers uh, opted to talk after the conference. This year, there were several that wanted to talk during the conference, um, which was completely fine with me. It also meant that I didn't get to attend as many workshops as I did last year. Still, um, I know I got to meet quite a few uh, different people and get some perspectives. And because I interviewed several speakers and got to ask my own questions as we went along, it was as though I was in their, their session and the session was all for me. <laughs> you know? So, um, and I'm going to touch on some of those in the uh, remaining time in this segment and the, the following segments that we've got for this show. So you'll get a, a bit of a recap of what they're going to be talking about and what their show is going to be about uh, further down the road. So keep an eye open for those. Uh, but otherwise, it was a really great conference. I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of good people again. Uh, you know, the, the good thing about all of these uh, conferences is, you know, I don't attend these conferences, and I hope you don't, you know, just to validate my own viewpoints. I go to know that I'm on the right track, but to also enhance my own skills, you know, and learn some new perspectives. You know, if I've only ever worked in financial institutions and insurance companies, uh, for instance, then it's great to run into somebody from a manufacturing or a pharmaceutical company who have different perspectives on what needs to get done for them. And it gives me new ideas that I can take back to my clients. So it's always good to network, you know, and understand some different viewpoints because really nobody is wrong. Um, I did... I do find that a lot of times in some magazines and online and even through you know, some people you run into at conferences, this is the way you should do it. You've got to follow this standard. You've got to do it this way. Well, disaster response is not necessarily a cookie cutter approach for everybody and for every industry. So it's good to get different ideas and different thoughts and uh, viewpoints that you can take back and enhance you know, what you're doing you know, uh, or add something new that you completely forgot about or turn around and say, you know, that's a great thought. You know, when we get, when my company gets to that stage, I'm going to take that thought and see if I can embed that into our organizational culture and, or into our program, you know, or communicate it somehow to maybe get some traction. So it's always good, you know, and CRT I find is a lot like that kind of a conference. Sometimes you can attend a conference where it's promoted by one uh, vendor only and the only way to do something is their way. And that's not necessarily true. All vendors have fantastic ideas, you know, and they, they all add value to, to what, you know, is needed for the industry. You know. However, sometimes you can lose your overall vision and be pigeonholed into doing something one way and you know what works for you may not work for me and what works for me may not work for you even though we've got the same goal uh, you know in the end so still it was a great conference got a lot of takeaways uh, some fantastic speakers lots of knowledge you know uh, talk about climate change organizational resiliency and cyber threats and uh, how to respond to these threats. Um, that would kind of be the fourth theme, you know, how we respond and how we uh, save our reputations and how we 
ensure that we can keep on going and make our organizations more resilient you know so it, each one kind of tied back to the other they weren't really just standalone themes they they did overlap and tie together so that you could have a bigger picture you know of what you want to do which i thought was really uh, interesting I, I don't know if that was a conscious decision by the organizers however when you did talk about social media you were talking you know about organizational resiliency when you talked about organizational resiliency you know and responding to cyber threats you know which was another theme you you were also linking to climate change and some of the threats that were occurring there you know and how you make your organization organization more uh, resilient to uh, interruptions so there was a uh, an overlap between the themes which i thought was rather interesting uh, I don't, as again, uh, you know, I don't know if that was a conscious decision or it just turned out that way. Um, if it was conscious decision, bravo to the organizations, it, to the or organizers. If it wasn't a conscious decision, well, it was a lucky um, coincidence that it occurred. You know, so again, bravo to the organization, organizers of the uh, conference because uh, you ended up with a result that you may not have intended. But still turned out to be fantastic. So uh, I've come to the end of my first segment, you know, with my commentary, and the next two segments I will start going through and give you some highlights of some of the presentations, uh, especially the people I was able to uh, talk to. I think uh, that would be fantastic and give you a little bit of a feeder for some upcoming shows. So on that, we're giving uh, we're talking about the CRT conference recently held in Toronto, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you know that over 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce with twice the unemployment rate of the non-disabled? Join Joyce Bender, CEO of Bender Consulting Services and a disability leader as she talks about best practices and newest trends in disability employment on Disability Matters. As a person living with epilepsy and hearing loss, Joyce is an international advocate for disability employment. Tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. Uh, today I am talking about the CRT conference, the Continuity and Resilience Today conference. Uh, that was held in Toronto May 29th to May 30th at the Sheraton Centre. As I, I mentioned in the first segment, it was a really great conference. And uh, our first keynote speaker for the conference, you may recall uh, from a previous show, uh, Ms. Lieutenant Glenn Mills from the Burlington Police Department in Massachusetts. Uh, he's just outside of Boston. Um, and I know I'm probably... Uh, uh, having a little bit of fun there, but uh, it was another great presentation by him. He did a session last year, and he did so well. So many people liked it. They asked him back as a keynote this year. Uh, so congratulations to, to him. 
His uh, keynote was called The Role of Social Media in Organizational Resilience. And he talked about social media and how, uh, and I kind of alluded, alluded to it in the first segment with regards to cyber threats, you know, how information is changing, how it's being communicated now, not necessarily for uh, positive means, you know, that if you're not careful, uh, you can, and you're not aware, you could start believing wrong information, you know, by people um, that are out there, you know, that it's not necessarily, and, and as he put it, it's not the, uh, the lone pimply-faced teen in a hoodie eating pizza in a dark basement anymore. It's become a lot more organized. You know, there are uh, organizations, you know, shadow organizations, I guess they are. I don't know if I would call them valid ones, but, you know, companies or groups, you know, uh, like organized crime that have people, they pay to get information using social media, you know, building profiles. And you got to be careful in what you say out there. And he did a fantastic pre presentation of telling us about that and giving some examples of where hackers have, um, you know, and th these are professional hackers, you know, they get paid money to do this, you know, obtain information about organizations. And it's not necessarily organizations anymore. Now it's also governments, you know, and I mentioned in the first segment too, you know, when you hear it in the news, and I'm not going to reiterate it here because I don't want to get political, but you see how uh, governments are getting involved or have been involved with some of these instances of hacking and spreading false information or obtaining information and then using it for um, nefarious reasons, I guess you could say. So he had a fantastic presentation, and I do, I'm not going to say too much more because I know right now I am uh, trying to uh, nail Lieutenant uh, Mills down to do another presentation for our show to talk about this. So he's going to come back. You know, uh, we just need to nail down a date, and uh, we'll have another show with him to uh, talk about you know what uh, his feelings are with regards to social media and some of the things that are going on um, to help with organizational resiliency, what we should have in place and how we respond to to these uh, instances so uh, the next uh, presentation and somebody else I'm going to be talking to uh, came from Mr. Ivan Rincon and he is the executive director of the Ministry of Citizens Services in the government of British Columbia which for anyone who may not know is Canada's western province on the Pacific Ocean very large you know, many countries actually fit in the pro the uh, the province. It's so big, uh, beautiful area, very mountainous. You know, covered in trees. You know, the city of Vancouver uh, is there, and its capital, Victoria, on Vancouver Island. He talked about, and his uh, session was titled "Catastrophic Response Actions or Extreme BCP: How to Plan for the Real Worst Case Scenario." And he talked mostly. Uh, with me because uh, I have a recorded interview with him and I'm not sure of the date it's going to air. I sh really should have that in front of me so that uh, I can tell you when he's going to be talking. But uh, he, he talked about some of the, wor the worst case scenario for BC is a massive earthquake because the coast of British Columbia sits on a fault like San Francisco does. So any kind of massive you know, earthquake could do some serious damage uh, to government. How does it keep running? You know, government services, all the infrastructure, you know, the, the loss of life and anything else that could happen, you know, and when you're looking at things on that scale, you know, how do you get government services going? And that includes, you know, things, how do you get the government to assign the appropriate resources to respond, you know, if, if Victoria and Vancouver, the, the two biggest cities in, in um, British Columbia, then who's going to direct that? So a, a potential BCP plan, you know, may not be enough. And he talked about that, you know, you kind of going up a level, you know, not, not necessarily higher level, but more uh, detailed. So let, let's go 
you're digging deeper you know uh, you're looking at a really worst case scenario not just an organization but communities and entire areas regionals areas suffering and he talked about that and had some uh, great ideas and comments um, you know in that uh, how people in Vancouver and Victoria uh, for the most part see this disaster as you know a matter of when not if and the BC government is putting uh, plans in place and addressing that instance and what happens you know when that big quake occurs so it was interesting to hear um, it was almost uh, to a degree a case study on what they're doing you know and uh, it was interesting to hear what they are putting together how they're addressing that worst case scenario and what they're doing about it you know above and beyond just our offices down what's our continuity plan so keep an eye out for his session because uh, there's a lot of good information coming in there as well and that's uh, mr ivan rincon so keep an eye out for his uh, another speaker it's interesting everybody in a row here everyone i interviewed his this is great it was mr ken hoffer and he was from the alberta health services and you may remember, uh, long-term listeners, I actually have a cousin who works for Alberta Health Services in the communications area, uh, Janine Sakash. So, Janine, if you hear this, hello. Um, but Ken uh, gave us some great information on what's happening now in Alberta. And his session was called Prepare for Recovery. Alberta, I don't know if anyone... Uh, it's familiar with the province, but it's on in the western side of Canada, and it's actually right beside BC, who I just mentioned. They have gone through some uh, tough times um, the last few years. Uh, many of you may know of the Fort McMurray uh, fire uh, a couple of years ago. Um, he was involved with that. You know, they've had a lot of forest fires um, happening uh, over the last couple of years as well, especially this year. There's a as I'm even recording this, I know they're experiencing some uh, terrible times. And uh, he talked about how uh, Alberta Health has been changing their approach uh, to address, you know, some of these situations that are occurring. They're not necessarily just responding, because they are, you know, to each situation, but they're also changing their infrastructure, how they've set up to address, to help make communities more resilient. So they're really taking a strong lessons learned approach to find out what works best. Uh, very interesting if you listen to his session, and I hope you do. You know, um, when it does uh, air, um, it's actually, I, I actually have a scribbly here with uh, a date on it. Uh, September 12th, listen to, uh, in 2019, listen to his session. And he will give some fantastic information as to what Alberta Health uh, is doing right now. Um, one uh, little interesting piece that he mentioned is that while he was talking to me, his colleagues you know, were in some of these uh, distant communities addressing the current forest fires that were going on. And you could kind of hear it in his voice that he wished he was there on the front lines, you know, helping people which I thought was very admirable. You know, a little piece of me felt guilty that I was holding him back, you know, talking to him, but, you know, he was speaking at the conference and he graciously gave his time uh, to talk to me. But uh, I'm sure that if he hears this, I know he probably went right back to Alberta um, and started helping out everyone that's impacted. But I do recommend listening to his show when it airs, September 12th. Um, for the different way that uh, Alberta Health is now addressing, you know, uh, the their disasters and uh, catastrophe, catastrophes that they are experiencing and how they're making their communities more resilient. There's a lot of great ideas. He, he presents a lot of uh, different viewpoints. So uh, please really listen to that one. And uh, the next session, uh, we... I talked with Caroline Sapriel, and Caroline uh, was one of the few speakers from outside of Canada. Uh, she was representing uh, Belgium, even though she's not originally from there, but uh, she was re representing Belgium. And her session was Thinking Beyond Business Continuity, Strategic Crisis Leadership and Safeguarding Reputation. 
had a very interesting uh, conversation uh, with her because a lot of the instances that are going on around the, the globe right now, it uh, doesn't matter where you are, leaders, not all, but some are really not putting on the best uh, leadership uh, appearance as they should be. And Caroline was talking to us about that, you know, how they should be responding, how they, how organizations and communities can respond um, by way of, you know, crisis management, you know, um, putting how, how to manage these disasters uh, better and more effectively, you know, not just run into a room and, you know, bark orders, so to speak, right? How do you instill confidence in those that have been impacted that things are going to be okay, that the disaster is being led uh, with strong leadership, that they are being taken care of, you know, uh, there, it was, uh, there was some very good information that Caroline uh, represented here. You know, when it came down to, you know, keeping your credibility, you know, and, and I had an interesting uh, chat. I'm not going to give you the answer of what she said, but I did ask because she has a show coming up too. And I should really find out when that is. Um, let me just grab my little piece of paper here and I will tell you when she is going to be her show. Her show will be October 17th. So look out for her show. The question I asked her, uh, because I, I've always wanted to, to ask someone on crisis uh, leadership or management, but we never really get there, is, is it okay to say, I don't know? She did give an answer to that. I'm not going to tell you what she said, because I don't want to give away um, what she had to, to say in her show. But I found it very interesting. You know, um, she also gave us some uh, examples of uh, good leaders, you know, what that have uh, come through and that have managed to, you know, to weather the storm, so to speak, and uh, gave us some examples of some that, how do we say, not weathered the storm as well. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of good information there. You could probably guess who some of these leaders are, you know, around the globe. But, uh, you know, and, and how when you're managing your uh, crisis or disaster situation and you're all over the news, what do you need to do to save your reputation? You know, that's really what it came down to, you know, and uh, you know, to keep people on your side and want to do business with you going forward and understand that, you know, you're coming from the right place. You are doing your best. So. Uh, keep an eye open for her show. Again, that was uh, October 17th. Then there were a couple of uh, uh, more uh, good shows. So the, the last one that I can talk about for this segment is uh, from Dr. Robert Quigley. And his session was An Organizational Culture of Health and Wellness Enhances a Resilience Agenda. I found this really interesting because even though I mentioned in segment one, you know, with organizational resiliency and health and safety, I wasn't really talking about individual um, well-being uh, from the viewpoint of mental health, which is something that Dr. Uh, Quigley was talking about. And I found my chat with him really interesting and his presentation where he talked about, you know, organizations have to consider, you know, their employees' mental health and well-being if they are to succeed in creating resiliency. That it's not necessarily, and I've said this before, a product off the shelf. You know, if someone tries to sell you resiliency, you know, off the shelf, we got a product that'll help you to that. You know, I, I don't agree with it at all. You know, it's... It's part, a big part of it is mindset and leaders could feel that way, but if they're not treating their employees and their employees are not feeling well, it's never going to happen. So I thought it was interesting that he looked at it from the viewpoint of employee uh, health and uh, welfare and what needs to happen on their level to ensure that they become resilient and can be calm under pressure as well and that's really you know all levels too let's face it you can be a president of a company and still feel the exact same way 
on a basic human level as someone who's not, you know, a manager. So it's really interesting talking to him. I'm not going to get into too much uh, with what he had to say because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but it, it was, to 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 a large degree, an eye opener because I hadn't even thought that way. Yes, I always knew you got to treat your employees right. If you want to succeed, of course, like everybody should know that. You know that that's. I don't want to use the term common sense, but uh, you know what I mean when I say it. Uh, so listen to his session coming up. And his is going to air uh, August 15th. So listen to uh, Dr. Robert Quigley, some fantastic um, insight that he has. He's got a lot of experience uh, you know, working with uh, different companies and clients around the globe. So he's got a fantastic session. So please listen to him. And I can't believe it, but i am already come to the end of my uh, second segment. I don't feel like I've touched anything here. But uh, we've come to the end of our second segment. Uh, we're talking about some of the highlights from the Continuity and Resilience Today conference, the CRT conference here in Toronto, May 29th, May 30th, 2019. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you know that over 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce with twice the unemployment rate of the non-disabled? Join Joyce Bender, CEO of Bender Consulting Services and a disability leader as she talks about best practices and newest trends in disability employment on Disability Matters. As a person living with epilepsy and hearing loss, Joyce is an international advocate for disability employment. Tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to preparing for the unexpected with alex fullen email your questions to info at stone-road.com again that's info at stone-road.com now back to preparing for the unexpected and welcome back for our last segment we're talking about the recent continuity and resilience today conference crt in toronto may 29th uh May 30th, 2019, at the Sheraton Centre in downtown Toronto. I've uh, been going through some of the highlights, uh, some of the people that I spoke to and presentations. And uh, there's, we'll get back to that right now. There were, uh, as I mentioned, quite a few presentations based around climate change, organizational resiliency, cyber threats. And uh, I spoke to quite a few, and uh, I want to touch on some of those now. Some of these uh, I'm just going to quickly highlight um, because I didn't either get to attend because I was doing an interview or I'm going to be interviewing them at a later date. So I don't have anything to say about them yet until I actually talk to them. But one of them is uh, I will be talking, uh, hopefully, I still need to confirm a couple of things, with Roberta J. Witte, who did a keynote of using performance and risk indicators to make the BCM business case. That's always a big issue. You know, the, you hear it at every single conference. How do you get executives, you know, to understand the need, uh, you know, or even community leaders, to the need to have, you know, some sort of a business continuity or disaster or emergency response or resiliency program, you know, different names, but uh, 
some of them all have the same goal. So I want to talk to her um, and hopefully we can get her on the show uh, to talk about that. You know, how do you get that executive buy-in? Somebody else that I uh, hopefully will be able to get on the show uh, again, um, but has been on the show previously, was Marie-Hélène Primo, um, and her topic was Raise the Profile of Business Continuity and Resilience Today by Developing Core Competencies and General Management Skills. So I'd like, if I can, we'll try and get her back on the show to talk about that. Um, she gave a, a different presentation uh, last year, um, uh, kind of a as she put it today, kind of along the same lines, but with a you know different twist uh, to it. So if I'm able, I will try and get her on the show as well. Then there was a, an interesting one, and I did get to talk to him. Um, however, last year he did a, a session, but I was unable to uh, get him. So this year I was happy to snag uh, Mr. Alan Berman, who's the president of the DRI, Disaster Recovery um, Institute Foundation. His session, Integrating Cyber Threats into Business Continuity Management. Now, <laughs> he gave some unbelievable examples of how uh, professional hackers and organizations can acquire data, you know, and upset your operations. And I, I think if you listen to his session, and I have it recorded, and he will air November 14th. As you can tell, um, you know, so far we've got one person a month, but November 14th, he will be on the show and you will be amazed at some of the things that he says. One thing I'm going to tell you is you will probably never look at your refrigerator the same way, especially all the big fancy ones, you know, with the built-in computers nowadays, you know, uh, but it, it was very interesting, you know, and how... Uh, all business continuity and some of our responses and teams and identification of threats need to be involved with that as well. You know, you, you're part of uh, cybersecurity or cybersecurity is a part of BCM. Either way, you know, they have to work together because, you know, I don't know of any business continuity person who is really adept at information security. Um, you know, I've known a few people in my life and they understand, you know, business continuity, but when they start getting into the real deep dive of cyber threats and information security and, you know, some of the different things that are out there and tools and applications uh, to, to help with that, it's an industry unto itself. Still, Al was able to bring some of this together for us and, and enlighten us. So, um, there is a really good uh, show in the works that's waiting for you to listen when it airs, and that date again is November fourteenth. And I mentioned I just found it, the scribble Ivan Rincon. <laughs> His show is December twelfth. So how I mentioned him earlier, his show will be then. There was another interesting uh, session, uh, the art of crisis leadership. And uh, this was done by Rob Weinhold, uh, Chief Executive at Falston Group. You may recognize him because he's been on the news. Um, he's been interviewed by uh, uh, television, television stations and big ones, you know, um, you know, ABC, NBC, those that level. He's been on those shows. And he was talking about The Art of Crisis Leadership, which is also a book he did. And I knew the title rang a bell, and when I eventually got home, after the conference, I found that I did have his book and I had read it just a little while ago. So I will be having him on the show. Uh, I don't know when his his uh, episode will air yet because I haven't held the uh, interview. But he will be on the show and we'll be talking about the art of crisis um, uh, leadership. You know, how to get yourself in and out of the news, you know, both positive and negative, you know. Um, which you would, even in uh, negative situations, you hope you're in the news for the right reasons, you know. Um, and the the state, he'll talk about the state of media today, you know, and if you don't tell, basically if you're not telling your story, someone else is going to tell it for you, you know, and that links back to some of the, or a lot of the social media, you know, and your timely responses, you know, and making yourself seem, as though you're doing the right thing, saying the right things, you know, giving people hope and answering their questions. 
you know, if you're not doing that, well, then someone else is going to start doing it. And then that also means, you know, people start digging, you know, oh, are you trying to hide something? And then they dig to try and find more dirt on you. And then you've got another crisis, you know, on your hands. Um, and we're going to look, he's, he will also be talking about um, the, your reputation, you know, how you, uh, you know, some of the things you do, you know, during the good times. You know, you're, you're leading when there's not a crisis. You know, what happens when you do have a crisis? Do you have enough in your, um, as he put it, uh, it's your build your bank of brand trust. Do you have uh, enough in your account, you know, that people will, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt. People will help, you know, people will step up. People will um, pay attention to what you're doing you know, and not, um, let's say, not give you such a hard time, so to speak. You know, you've done well in the community. You've done well nonstop over and over and over again. And now you're going through a tough time and people are more willing to stand with you and help, you know, uh, you continue. So um, Rob is going to come on and he will talk about uh, these subjects and more. You know, The Art of Crisis Leadership. I'm looking forward to it, having read his book. Uh, which was chock full of uh, some examples of where people, you know, had to go through crises or organizations that went through crises and how the people uh, felt, you know, and what they did and how they came through the other end. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking to him and finding out more uh, information. And then the uh, last one session that uh, I want to just quickly touch on and the last person that I'm actually going to be interviewing and his show I'm not sure when will air either but Mr. Paul Sullivan who is the vice president of business development at Pronto Recovery and his topic and he looks like he was the last speaker of the day or one of the last two speakers of the day and his session was future readiness the next challenge the only thing harder than planning for an emergency is explaining why you didn't. Now, I've used that saying for years, so uh, I can't wait to talk to him because <laughs> I really believe in that line. You know, the only thing, uh, well, I'm not going to repeat it, but I, I think that's true. You know, you've got to plan for it. You plan for the worst, you know, hope for the best, so to speak. And if you don't do any planning, well, then you've got the worst right off the bat. You know, because you're not going to be able to do anything. So he's going to come on and he's going to talk about that, you know, and how you can uh, reassess where you are, you know, where, because sometimes if you're working at a, a plan or a program for, uh, you know, a number of years, sometimes without even knowing it, you can give yourself a false sense of security that, yes, we have all of this, we have all of that. And uh, I know some tests, you know, or exercises done by organizations, they kind of get directed by executives because executives, you know, want, or higher management, let's just say, let's not point finger at executives, but higher management, you know, they want to have positive results. So, you know, well, this is going to be our scenario. This is what we want to test, but we don't want to do this or, or do that. You know, that might uh, scare people off or we know we're not ready for it or something like that. Well, if you're not ready for it, then that's perfect. Find out what you're not ready for. You know, you can't just say we're not ready for this. You don't know. It's true. You may not be ready for it, but because you're not ready for that, it could also mean that that links to something else that you have tested. And now you're just going to focus on this. You know, there can there's a lot of cross dependencies between different areas, you know, in BCM and DR and resilience programs. So if you're going to test, you got to test it all, you know, at, at, yes, maybe at different times, but still you've got to assess where you are and to know, okay, we really need to work on this. We really need to work on that. You know, how come we have a different response when there's a cyber security and there's a facility security or there's, you know, a flood? You know, how come we've got three different teams? How come we've got three different crisis leaders? You know, you know, when that happens, you know, you may think you have everything in place, but you're actually just got complete confusion. You know, so 
now you've got different leaders and different people wanting to do different things and a lot of times you know executives because you know, they travel and hire management you know they do a lot of traveling sometimes depending on what they do or how big the organization is and they don't receive the proper awareness and training so when you have a situation all of a sudden you 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 don't have what you thought you have in place you know you thought you could deal with it and that's not what happens things just run amok so i'm looking forward to talking to paul to see what he has to say because i i think that uh, title is really catchy um i think we're meeting we're talking in a couple of weeks from now uh, when i'm recording just after the uh, conference so uh, early um, early june here so i'm looking forward to him i don't know when it's going to air yet but you know keep an eye open for that once the uh I start posting or on the website and on the Voice America site, you'll start seeing some of these sessions uh, listed there and when they're going to air. So uh, I've only got a couple of minutes left, so I'm just going to uh, recap a couple of things. Uh, it was another great con conference, um, some great knowledgeable speakers. Uh, for the most part, a lot of the speakers were Canadian, but we did have some people, uh, friends come up from down south in uh, America to uh, join us. And as I mentioned, uh, Caroline, who came over from uh, Belgium to uh, give some knowledge and insight. So it's starting to get a, a global feel, uh, which is fantastic. It's only its second year. Um, let's hope that continues on uh, into next year. And uh, if anyone out there wants to speak, you know, keep an eye open for the uh, call for papers, uh, which usually comes out, you know, months, well, months before actually it might even come out in a couple of months from now. Um, in the fall sometime but come and join us share your knowledge you know there was a lot of interesting workshops oh and before I forget there was even a workshop um, I was told about I couldn't couldn't attend it because I was actually interviewing somebody at the time where they had a constable from uh, a constable or detective as one of them from the Toronto Police Services uh, do a workshop who actually had turned off the lights and turned uh, made people stand up sit down you know a few times quickly to get them kind of pumped up and then threw a scenario at them you know and I, I'm not sure what the scenario was but it was to really make them feel you know something so it was rather interesting you know uh, you know, on how they would really feel when something happens so it was another great conference keep an eye out for next year's uh, I'm sure it'll be around the same time frame uh, end of May uh, somewhere on there in Toronto uh, I can't confirm location uh, I don't know if it'll be the Sheraton again you know that's for the organizers to let us know but uh, it was another great show uh, please feel free if you've got any questions or topics you want us to talk about on the show send me an email and in the meantime stay prepared everybody thank you for joining us for preparing for the unexpected Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.